Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We're going to be starting a new series on Wednesday nights. How long we go on this, I don't know. Right now I have it planned to be about a three or four week series, but I think it's vital that we learn to reboot. Everyone say reboot. Now, if you've ever had any kind of electronic device, you've rebooted at one time or another, right? If it, iPhone, Samsung, whether it's your computer, whether it's an IBM or Apple, it doesn't matter. If you had anything that is electronic, you're going to find that at one time or another, you're going to have to reboot. And that word reboot means to restart. Uh, for example, a computer by loading the operating system or booting again. And what, what it means is that when you turn it off and you, you, you restart it, it goes back to its original settings. And so whatever was loaded in that machine, it goes back to its original settings and it loads those things back. So whatever viruses have gotten in, whatever, whatever complications have caused the machine not to operate the way it was designed to, every so often you have to reboot. And I want to encourage you this evening and get you to understand that not just electronics need to be rebooted. When your body gets sick, it's your body rebooting. When, uh, when, when a woman looks at her husband and says, I'm leaving, that relationship is rebooting. When, when you begin to find your car breakdown, that car is rebooting. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand that when you have a breakdown emotionally, there is something happening in your mind that there is a reboot that's taking place. Your, your body and your mind say, I can't handle this anymore. And so people shut down through depression. They shut down from outside contact. We have all been at one time or another in this rebooting process. And I want you to see something here. The word rebooting, it's necessary when three things take place, Okay. First thing I want you to see is this. It's necessary to reboot when the the product is no longer functioning the way it was designed to. Whenever you're, 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 you're trying to use something, whether it's my computer or whether it's my phone or iPad or whatever, when it, it doesn't function properly, I have to restart it so hopefully that operating system will reboot and begin once again to, uh, to make that, that thing run of the way it was created to run. Secondly, in order for an update to, uh, it, it, you need to reboot as well. Whenever you have to, upgrade a uh, update so how many of you ever had software and especially on iPhone it's like we're always having uh, updates you have to and you can't do a thing they keep on asking you to do this thing and after you update it you have to restart the phone the phone shuts down and then it restarts in order to pull up that 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 update And in many of our lives God is trying to download some things in your life and you have to be rebooted in order for those things to take place or you're not functioning properly you got to be shut down so God could start you back up again so we can operate the way we 
were created to. And many of us, just like a phone or a screen, we freeze and no longer we're not responding to anything. And you need to be rebooted because you're not responding to the word anymore. You're not responding to worship anymore. You come to church, your hands are in your pocket. You know, you, you miss church and it, it doesn't bother you anymore. You, you begin to sin and no longer the things that used to bother you don't even bother you anymore. Your, your consciences have been seared with the hot iron and the very thing that used to bother you, oh man, I missed church or oh, I said a cuss word or, or I cut someone off or I honked on them. Now all of a sudden you aren't even bothered by those things anymore. No one, you, you know, you've frozen up to the presence of God. You're not responding. And it doesn't matter what happens. You're not, you're not doing what you were created to do. And somewhere along the way, some of you have malfunctioned. And you keep on trying to start over, but you can't start over until you reboot. And rebooting is vital. What am I talking about? Rebooting is vital to relationships. We have relationships that shut down, so they got to be restarted again. We got... Now, now are we... Uh, did we lose everything up there? Huh? Just changing colors? Okay. All right. So we're re- rebooting right now. Color didn't work. Okay. So I want you to see that not only that, but our health, we have to reboot. Our careers, we have to reboot. When things don't work in our career, sometimes we have to reboot our career. Our finances, that's what some people have filed bankruptcy because they've had to reboot financially. Educationally, when when things aren't working, you get a tutor in to help you reboot to get to another level. In our families, also in our marriages, we we find ourselves rebooting even in churches. When no one shows up, you realize we got to get something going. We got to start working. We got to start winning souls. We got to start transforming things. Spiritually, we have to boot, reboot, and emotionally, we have to reboot. See, I, I want you to understand that when things don't work properly, they need to be rebooted. Now, I want you to take a look at your lives right now as we start this new year and begin to examine what areas of your life need to be rebooted. And Jesus talked about rebooting before the iPhone even came into existence. And Jesus referred to it not as a reboot, but as repentance. Rebooting to Christ was repentance. See, if you look with me in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says this. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent from your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. For the kingdom, or repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven. Does everyone say repent? It might as well say reboot. That's what Jesus should have said. If If Jesus was in this time, in this era, he would tell you reboot. Because we got to download some new software because some of you are malfunctioning. You're not operating the way you were created to. So there's nothing wrong with your hardware. It's the software that's a problem. I created the hardware fine. It's the operating system that you're operating. Many of you have defaulted to the world settings instead of operating according to kingdom settings. 
You no longer pay attention to the word because now your opinion now has more, has more authority than the word of God does because you no longer respond to the word. You would rather respond to society. You would rather respond to what other people think. You are no longer living according to the word. You're living according to society's opinions. So you're operating on a different system. Now, now sometimes it works. Now, now, Ange has a computer that she has an Apple. We got everyone working on Apple here at the church, but there's certain softwares that only operate through IBM, through PC. And so Pastor Matt had to download this, this, opera, this program that allowed him to run parallel. Now, this computer wasn't... IBM wasn't designed to run on Apple, so they had to create a gateway to allow this program to run on a system it wasn't designed for. You're you're, you're working. You turn on. You're functioning. And you've created a parallel operating system in order for you to get by in life. It's not what you were designed for. It's working, but the problem is her system is constantly shutting down. Because it, because it wasn't designed for that, there's always viruses. There's always little, little things that come up and glitches and all of a sudden what it was designed to do, it doesn't do anymore and to the point where times it will just shut down. And I want you to understand that you now you might get by for a little while. Your marriage might survive for a certain season. Your finances might be okay for a little while. Your mind might be all right. Your family may seem like everything's okay. But there's going to come a time when you're operating in a system that is not of God, you you will eventually shut down. Then you need to reboot. Everyone say repent. repent. Now, the word repent in the, in the Greek is a, is a compound word. There's two words that have come together. Meta means to change. And the second word means to exercise the mind. Okay? Now, I've always preached, and I, you, you've heard me talk about this, that repent literally means to change directions. Right. That many times in our lives we, 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 we sin and then we tell God, God, forgive me. But then we keep on walking in the same direction that we're going in. God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Forgive me. But we never change directions. And many times we've, we, we've, we've confused remorse for repentance. Regret for repentance. They're not the same. In fact, even to change directions is the wrong interpretation of the word repent. The word repent's deeper than that. Jesus shows up and what he tells us, that word repent literally means to change one's mind. Literally to change your mind. For, man, you know what? you got to stop going to that church. They're brainwashing you. Hell yeah, we're trying to brainwash you because your mind is all messed up. <laughs> Your mind's jacked up. That's why we're trying to brainwash you. We're trying to get the Word of God into your mind. We're trying to shake that crap that you have in your mind out. We're trying to get the world out of your mind and get the Word of God into your mind. There has to be a change. Yeah, we're trying to brainwash you because your mind is filthy. 
I don't understand, especially when we start talking about social media. Y'all are cussing in one post and then praising God in the next. You bipolar. Tripolar. Oh, bless the Lord. I just thank the Lord for everything. Ooh, that. And I'm just going to. What? <laughs> reboot, reboot, because <laughs> this person's frozen. Something's, something's wrong there. Something's going on. Come on, somebody. So it means to change one's mind, but not only change someone's mind, it means to change their purpose. Do you hear me? Change your purpose. Now, repentance is stronger than remorse or regret. It's deeper than that. And too many times we, we have tried to identify our walk with God based on how bad we feel. If we feel bad about what we did, then I've repented. But repentance is deeper than that. In fact, let me, let me take you a little farther in the word repent. Let's go to the next, next slide here. This word means more than just a simple change of direction. It literally means to change one's thinking, all right? Our thinking is the greatest hindrance. And let, let, me, let me pause for a second and re-say this. Your thinking is your greatest hindrance to transformation. How you think, until you change your thinking, you'll never change your direction in life. It starts with your thinking. It's all about how you think. And if we can't change your thinking, you're going to always end up in the same place. That's why... Have you know those people that win the lottery? They found that in two years they're broke or filing for bankruptcy. Because the problem isn't money, it's management. People that have gone through the, the bypass surgery, that they lose a lot of weight initially, then they end up gaining the weight back. Why? Because the problem isn't the eating, it's the thinking. And so until we change. Our thinking will never change who we are. So Jesus shows up. And they've been operating in a religious system for years. And then Jesus shows up and says, repent. I'm here. And everyone's like, what? Your thinking's wrong. The way you've been thinking has to change if you're going to be able to receive what I'm about to usher in. And so the problem is that's why you're going to have a hard time breaking any addiction because until we get rid of the thinking, you can get, I don't know how many times I've seen it, we used to run a rehab in Manteca and you'd get guys that were clean. They were no longer addicted, no longer physically addicted to any substance. Get a little money in their pocket, get the family back, get a car, and then let a tragedy happen. Come up against a barrier and then revert back to the old lifestyle in a moment. Why? Because they never changed their thinking. They changed their behavior, but they never changed their thinking. And we work on behavior. How many of us have seen it with our kids? They mess up. What do you say? What do you say? Sorry. You know they ain't sorry. They're mad. They're angry. To what, what, tell them. To, what do you say? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. 
They're, they're, and we've to, we, we've, what do you say? Thank you. And I'm, they're not thankful. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we, we've trained kids on what to say, not on how to think. And we as adults have operated in the same manner. Oh, come on, somebody. So, so follow me. I, I want you to understand that your greatest hindrance at work, in your marriage, in, in losing weight or, or getting healthy, breaking, get, getting out in, in your finances, your greatest hindrance is not more money. It's not a better diet. It's your thinking. Until your thinking changes, nothing else will change. True repentance changes our thinking, our attitudes, and our purpose. See, let let me put it to you this way, okay? Anyone that says they repented but haven't changed their thinking or their actions hasn't truly repented. Being sorry is not repenting. Repentance that doesn't produce a change isn't repentance at all. Just sorry. I'm sorry. So just say it. I'm sorry. Don't come to God and say I repented because you didn't repent. True repentance changes my actions. It's going to transform how I act, how I walk, how I talk. It's going to, everything's going to change. Now, all of a sudden, when, 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 when Christ came in and this, this demon-possessed man called, that had legions in him is touched and he's set free, he totally transformed. No one had, you didn't have to tell anyone, I repented. It was evident. They could see it, that there was a change. So let, let me, let's break this down. We, we got to keep, we got to get moving. I apologize. I got to close here. Everything starts from thoughts. So let's take this progression here. Let's start putting these up here, okay? All thoughts start from a source, okay? All our thoughts start from a source. Source, A source transmits an idea or or an image. And that source could be a, a, a bad relationship. It could have been an accident. You prayed and God didn't respond the way you wanted him to. Or the tragedy in your life or whatever. There's something that took place. Maybe you were molested. Something took place that you felt abandoned or something happened. So a source transmits an idea or a, or a thought, or an image. That word or idea then becomes a thought in our minds. That thought or mind thing that in our mind at that point becomes an idea. The idea begins to conceive, and that conce- conception of the idea becomes an ideology. That ideology, once conceived, now becomes beliefs. Now, now follow me on this. This is how the progression starts. No one wakes up and says one day that was born and raised in church or had the word of God as their foundation, wakes up one day and says, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in Christ anymore. Doesn't happen. What happens is there, there was a source that started something that brought an idea or a conception in their mind and it began to conceive into this and then conceive into that and then to conceive into a belief and that belief then became a conviction. That conviction then became a philosophy. That philosophy then became a lifestyle and that lifestyle ended up becoming a destiny. So if I want to change my destiny... I have to go all the way back and create a new source for a new idea to replace the old one. Because the problem for our actions that we keep repeating is the fact that we go keep going back to the wrong source. 
So I need a new source in order to get a new idea. And what's that source? It's Christ. It's God. It's the Word of God. Because when I go back to the beginning, I find out who I really am. Now, now follow me. Let me take, this is what Dr. Miles Monroe said. There is nothing more powerful than a thought, but there's nothing more important than the source of that thought. Thoughts are powerful. Do you understand everything that we see right now is the result of a thought? Someone had a thought of this podium, and now it's here. The clothes you have on your body, someone had a thought, and we're wearing it. The the chairs you're sitting on, someone had a thought. The building we're in, someone had a thought. These lights, these the the technology, everything started with the thought, and that thought now became reality. The reality you're living right now is the results of the thoughts that you have. You are the architect of your life. And you're every day you're creating a blueprint that's being built. And if you don't like the building that's being constructed, you have to change the blueprints in order to transform it. New thoughts release a new you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through another year as the same old me. I want to change. So in order for me to get new thoughts, I have to expose myself to new sources. Whether it's books, whether it's the Word of God, whether it's the get, get rid of the crap music that some of you have been listening to, to get rid of those voices that have been speaking around you, those people that you've been hanging out with. you got to cut some people if you want to transform who you are. Look, look, Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Take, take a look at this. Apologize, gentlemen. I had all those, these things read. And so um, Matthew 9, 17 says this. It says... And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old wineskins will burst from the pressure. Someone say burst. burst. Spilling the wine and ruining the skins. And the new wine is stored in new wineskins, so both are preserved. And, and what they used to do, wineskins were made out of, out of animal hide. And what they would do is after they would kill the animal, they would take the, the, the hides while they were still pliable and soft, and they would pour the, the unfermented grape juice in there. And then they would begin to ferment it. And the fermenting process is violent. It, it bubbles. It, 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 it expands. And the gases begin to push. And if this thing was rigid, it would break and it would leak, and you wouldn't get, the, the wine would be spilled. Many of us are so rigid in our thinking, you have not allowed God to be pliable in your life, that whenever a new revelation comes in your life, all it does is break you, and you lose that revelation. And so you come in church, you're moved, you're inspired, you're perspired, and then all of a sudden, when the Word of God comes, you're moved by it, there's something burp, burp, moving inside of you, but because you do not have a new wineskin, you haven't allowed God, you can't just ask an animal for its skin. That animal has to die. There has to be a sacrifice in order to get that new wineskin. And you cannot get that new wineskin without going through a little sacrifice. You're you're trying to take shortcuts. You're trying to take someone else's leftover carcass and you're afraid to die. You're not willing to, to go through the process yourself without changing your thought process Catch this, without changing your thought process, the new revelation ends up being wasted. I don't care how good I preach. I don't care how great the word that comes from these men are. If you're just an old wineskin, every time you get a new revelation, it's wasted. It's spilled on the ground. 
And you're walking out saying, man, that was, that, was a great, that was a great message. And you're just leaking all over the place. But you're never able to take it and share it with others. You know, man, that was a great service last night. What was great about it? Well, uh, pastor preached a great message. What did he preach? I don't know. <laughs> Something about my mind. Because we don't take notes. We don't process. Now, as we close tonight, Randy, if you can help me. I'm not going to be able to finish tonight, so we're just going we're, we're to just land the plane right here. The book of Matthew said this. It said, Jesus shows up and says, Repent of your sins. Turn back to God because the kingdom of heaven is near. Number one, everyone say, repent of my sins. Turn to God because the kingdom is near. So you want to know what the process is tonight? Number one, repent. Repenting of your sins means Changing my mind and how I look at sin. Sin's not a choice. Sin is treason. Let me try that again. Sin isn't a choice you make. Sin is treason. When you choose to sin, you're taking a different idea, taking the, the standard, the word of God and saying, God, your word's not doesn't apply to me. I'm going to do my own thing. And so you're changing kingdoms when you don't listen to the word and you do your own thing. So it's not a matter of just just a choice. It's treason. And whenever we sin, we literally give Satan authority over our lives. That's why Satan couldn't walk into the garden and take take. We're going to talk about this on Sunday. He couldn't take dominion in the garden. He had to get Adam and Eve to agree with them in order for them to give them their dominion. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Book of Romans says this, Of course not, since we have died to our sin, how can we continue to live in it? Paul's talking about how great, how great the grace of God is and how where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And Paul realizes, man, I just made a great case for sinning. Because whenever we sin, more grace shows up. And he goes, man, I just talked about how great every time we sin, more grace. So if I want more grace, let's just keep on sinning. So more grace shows up. And Paul says, what, should we do that? He goes, no, absolutely not. How can we walk in sin when we no longer live therein? We're we're dead to sin. He says, turn to God. Everyone say, turn to God. Say, stand to your feet. This is an action. And this, 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 I need you to grab a hold of this as we close. It's time for you to stop praying for God to do something that you're responsible for. Say it again, Pastor. It's time to stop praying for God to do something that you're responsible for. Repentance is up to you. It doesn't say that God will, will, will draw you. He says, repent of your sin. Now turn to me.
You have the free will. You have the choice. Would you just stop and turn to me now? Would you stop running and turn to me? I don't understand why when people get in trouble, they always run from God. What what are you thinking? Who else can fix you but the manufacturer? Who else can put you back together? It blows me away. People get hurt at the church. And when they get hurt at the church, they run away from God. Oh, that's showing them. I'll show them. I'll go to hell. I'll really show them how they hurt me. That makes no sense. Turn to God means you're making God a priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteous and he will give you everything you need. The kingdom is near. Jesus tells him the kingdom. Why do you need to do all this? It's because the kingdom is near. Do you know that when you repent and you receive Christ, the kingdom is in you? You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus just didn't come to earth. He brought heaven's environment with him. And so wherever he walked, he brought the environment of heaven with him. And the problem is, is that we're bringing our environment, our environment of hell, bitterness, anger, poverty, depression, Sickness, because you can only bring what's in you. But if you repent, turn back to God, and realize that the kingdom is near, wherever you walk, you can bring the kingdom with you. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seats. Let's fill this altar this evening for a moment. kingdom's near kingdom's in you you can turn on those AC units I don't know about you but I'm, I'm burning right now it's time to reboot With my iPhone, I know how to reboot when it messes up my computer. I know how to reboot. But when it comes to a human being, how to reboot reboot our lives when we keep messing things up? Jesus gives us the answer. Repent. Simple. The thing I love about God, God doesn't throw us away. When the seven comes out, he doesn't get rid of the sixes. Right? He doesn't trade us in. The Bible says when you're in Christ, you are a you are a new creation. All things are passed away and behold all things are becoming new. Right where you are, 
Let's repent before God. Repent of our mindsets. Repent of our failures. Just just repent before God right now. Make yourself available for God to reboot you right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.